Welcome to the Healthy Family Project by Produce for Kids, covering the hot topics in the world of health, food, and family with a dose of fun. Happy Thanksgiving week, everybody. We are full force holiday mode. I hope you are all finding ways to find joy during this weird year we're having. And remember, this is my little PSA, you are not alone. And however you're feeling is acceptable because we need to feel our feelings, right? And and kind of take those and and figure them out and move forward. I hope the podcast and the guests we have over the coming months, weeks and months, will fill some of your time with tips and ideas for healthy, happier life and also a few laughs because you know we like to laugh. And then new holiday content is live on our site, healthyfamilyproject.com. You definitely need to check out the fun Thanksgiving snack board that the girls and I created. It is live on the site and perfect for your Thanksgiving snacking or even Thanksgiving week snacking because you know we're talking snacks today. So it's all snacks all the time. Um, So many of you know, I've been on a snack board kick and truly I'm showing no signs of slowing down. So if you're looking for snack, fun snack boards, you can find them on our website. While you are on the site, be sure to sign up for our e-newsletter, which bundles all of our new weekly content into one email. And don't forget about the Healthy Family Project Facebook group. We are continuing the conversations from the podcasts over there. And we have some other fun things being shared, especially now around the holidays. Um, you can grab some tips or, or share what's working for you. I've admired Chop Chop Magazine from afar for several years, and I'm extremely excited to speak to the founder today, Sally Sampson, on the podcast. Besides being a fun cooking magazine for families, Chop Chop was named 2013 Publication of the Year by the James Beard Foundation and is also endorsed by the American Academy of Pediatrics. Chop Chop Family's mission is to inspire and teach kids to cook and eat real food with their families. Chop Chop Family believes that cooking and eating together as a family is a vital step in resolving the obesity and hunger epidemics. So Sally is the author of many cookbooks, 23 to be exact. Um, So those include Chop Chop, The Kid's Guide to Cooking Real Food with Your Family, The Olives Table, which she did with Chef Todd English, The $50 Dinner Party, and Souped Up. And she is a contributor to the New York Times Motherload blog, with her Picky Eater project. She has contributed to Bon Appetit, Food and Wine, The Boston Globe, and Cooks Illustrated, among other outlets, and previously owned from The Night Kitchen, a cafe in Brookline Village, Massachusetts. So I'm a little starstruck, to say the least, to have such an accomplished and passionate woman uh, like Sally on with us today. Truly, truly excited to get to know her better and figure out the best way to get these kiddos creating their own snacks. Welcome to the show, Sally. It's wonderful to have you here today. We've been longtime readers of Chop Chop Magazine, I can tell you that, over here at Healthy Family Project, and really admire all you do to get kids in the kitchen at a young age. Um, so we're glad to have you on today. We're going to talk about getting kids to prepare their own healthy snacks. Uh, such a hot topic now that we're, we have a lot of snacking going on at, at this time. Um, so, you know, and I know snacking, it's not just about the kiddos. I'm here um, at my home, you know working from home. So we'll cover off on that too. But before we jump in, can you tell listeners a little about yourself and Chop Chop? 
Sure. Well, first, let me just say I'm so thrilled to be here. I am a big fan of your work. And um, yeah, it's just really exciting to be on your podcast. Um, So a little bit about Chop Chop. Um, Chop Chop is a cooking magazine for families. Um, We launched 10 years ago. Um, It's a quarterly 48-page magazine. And um, our point of view is that you can really learn anything through cooking. So we basically use cooking as a lens to teach cultural literacy, math, science. It's all about the fun of cooking, getting in the kitchen, like being with an adult or not being with adult, adult, depending upon your age. But our main message is cooking is fun. I love it. Well, like I said, we definitely admire all that you do. Um, and what just is like kind of a side question, what inspired you to start Chop Chop? So it's sort of funny. Um, I was thinking about that this morning, not just I was thinking about this conversation and what is relevant to your audience. So actually, when I was 14, I became a vegetarian. And, um, you know, this was a long time ago when vegetarianism was not commonplace. In fact, I didn't know any vegetarians. Nobody talked about vegetarians. I just had a friend who said, I want to be a vegetarian. And I was like, oh, I'll do it with you. Really nothing behind it. And my mother, who worked, um, said to me, well, I guess you better learn how to cook. (laughs) And she said it in the best way. I don't mean she said it with hostility, but it was like, if you want to eat that way, you better learn because I'm not doing anything special for you. And I think that, you know, so first of all, I learned how to cook when I was 14. Um, While my mother was making, you know, kind of a very classic traditional meal, which was like a chunk of meat, Mm -hmm. a starch and a vegetable. I would eat the vegetable and the starch, but also I learned how to cook my own vegetables. So number one, I started to cook and really love it and really learn a lot. Um, So I had that in my back. And then um, when I had my own children, I have a child who has a chronic illness and she was not supposed to eat high fat. And so I started to learn how to cook very low fat. And in the process of learning about low fat cooking, it kind of went right up against the obesity epidemic. So I began to think, oh, uh, and, and by the way, I was a cookbook writer. And so I became a cookbook writer. That's what I did for a living. So I started to really study obesity and I began to see that, I could use my skills as a cookbook writer to address obesity. So the original idea of Chop Chop was to get pediatricians to prescribe cooking during well child visits. Mm -hmm. So you brought your kid in and to the doctor and the the idea was that the doctor would talk to you or your child about how much fun cooking was and then get all the benefits as a result of that. But when we launched 10 years ago, What happened was it was just pediatrician focused. And then very quickly when people found out about us, they were like, oh, I want Chop Chop too. So schools reached out after schools, um, SNAP offices, WIC offices, government. So we expanded 
the vision of Chop Chop to include basically wherever kids were. So I would say the inspiration for Chop Chop was actually both my mother and my daughter. I love it. I, I I knew there was a backstory there. I had a feeling. <laughs> it just didn't come to you in a dream one night. No, um. it didn't. And, you know, it was sort of like, how do I use my skills to do something important and that could and meaningful in the world? Rather, I started to feel like a lot of the stuff that I did was not meaningful. And this, you know, even though we're not focused on obesity at all anymore, really just focused on um unhealth, but again, in a fun way. It's not, you know, we don't have a lot of finger wagging or even messaging around health. It's really like, this is really fun and you can learn all these great things in the process. Right. And feel great too. I think that's, you know, when you see the end result where it's like, oh, wow, I really feel good when I'm doing these things. So um, I love it. And we have a program that um, we started, I think it was my time frame. <laughs> my timeline, my life timeline <laughs> is a little off. So um, probably like a year and a half ago, and we've been fine tuning it, but it's actually called Food RX. And yes. so um, we have a dietitian that does videos for us and, you know, talks about food as medicine. And um, we're, like I said, we've, we're fine tuning it. So I'm excited for the future of those videos, because I think that, um, you know, we sometimes quickly turn to medication and not to say medication isn't needed in some instances, but I think that there's a lot that we can change and that I've changed over the years, little things um, that I've changed. And like I said, you just feel so much better. So, I mean, I am a, you know, even before the word the, the phrase food is medicine was coined. I think that there were a lot of people, probably you, or certainly us, who were operating that way. I mean, I think that you can make such small tweaks in your diet um, and feel really different. Um, yes. So it's exciting, actually, because it also it gives people control. I was just going to say it empowers you, right? You feel like exactly. I don't, I can, I have control of this. So awesome. Well, yeah. all right. So let's, let's move on. We're going to talk about snacking today. So with so many of us working and learning from home and just spending more time at home in general, how do you feel we can empower our kids to take control of creating their own snacks? Well, I think, you know, that is sort of our whole philosophy is get kids in the kitchen. And I, I, again, I was thinking about this before we talked, I don't have small children at home anymore, but I think now with parents or adults at home with children, I think probably the first thing to do is to cut up vegetables and put out dips and sort of do all that as, um, like a good sort of show of this is how we're going to eat. But then I think to slowly move away from the parent doing it and not even make it like, oh, you should do this now. But like, you know what? I have a call right now. Can you just do like, Mm -hmm. can you help me make it not make it very casual? Um, 
And I think, you know, obviously the thing to do is fill your refrigerator only with the kinds of foods you want your children to eat. You know, a lot of parents talk about, oh, my kid just eats a lot of X. And I would say, if you don't want them to eat it, don't have it in the house. I know. Start modeling the things that you want and make it so that their only choices are things that you want them to eat. I know we say that. I know that's true for our house because it's if I don't again, like you just said, if I don't want them to have something and not that we don't have any kind of treats or anything like that. But sometimes um, there's two people in my home who have a little (laughs) bit of a problem with portion control. So picture, Mm -hmm. you know, if I bought a bag of chips the bag of chips would go, you know, it wouldn't be. And right. then there's, there's two others in my family. See, I'm being very careful. I don't know who's listening. <laughs> um, you know who you are though, probably um, where, where it's a little different, where the portioning is, you know, is easy. And as much as I, I try to kind of find ways around it, it's like, you know what, there's just some things that we have to save for, you know, when we're right. out and about or a special treat or, you know, that kind of stuff. So I agree with you. It's hard because they are going to grab what's easy. Um, And I, you know, even my younger daughter, she um, will go and grab, like I buy these, they're packs of, they're peanut butter crackers and they're portion, just tiny packs. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know what, if she really needs something, she can grab those. But I had to set a limit (laughs) per day. I said, you may have like truly only two packs of these per, per day, like in the morning, if you need, you know, a mid morning snack, if there's nothing else, or I'm busy, you can grab one of these. But I felt like setting that, um, setting that up. She, even yesterday, she said, mom, it was in the evening and she was going to do a musical theater, um, small group workshop. And she was like, can I take one with me? I said, no, find, take yeah. a banana, take something else. You've, you've, expired your (laughs) peanut butter crackers for the day. Uh, But I've also been, you know, chopping things ahead and having them help me like on a Sunday, chopping up celery and carrots and whatever fruits and veggies we might have. And um, so that way they really like the grazing boards or the snack boards. Yes. So they will do that all day long. They'll put their branch and throw all their stuff on there and some, maybe some salami. And so they're really good at, if I'm unavailable, they'll just grab. (laughs) It's so funny because they grab the little cutting board. They do. (laughs) Great. You know, it's funny. I mean, I, uh, I'm not a vegetarian anymore, but yeah, I eat tons of vegetables, but I still find that if I cut up carrots and celery or anything else ahead of time and they're in the refrigerator, I'm more likely to eat a carrot than, you know, I mean, I like cut up a whole bag at a time and it's amazing, you know, where I might grab something. If, if you make it easy, I think people will eat it. I mean, that is part of that thing, which is you grab what's easy. And one thing, we did this project that we called the Picky Eater Project, and it's different from what you're talking about, but I wanted to get the kids who are like my guinea pigs to eat more vegetables. And so what I did, which I think parents can do, is I bought a bunch of really good dips that I knew the kids would eat. And I said to them, I, I just want you to experiment with these dips and see what you think. And I brought carrots and I cut up broccoli and I cut up cauliflower, all raw. 
And I don't think that I even brought crackers. And the kids were so excited about the dips that they almost didn't notice that they were eating raw vegetables. And these kids were four at the time and they were kind of anti-raw vegetable. So I think there are also things like that where you combine something that your child isn't excited about with something that they are excited about and pair them. Mm -hmm. And you do that at first and then they begin to see like, oh, like raw cauliflower is like a way to get the dip. Right. Yeah, I think, and you said something there that I think is also really important that tell me what you think. So I've just actually started doing this with my younger daughter. Um, she tends to be a little, you know, more on the picky side, I guess, or selective side. Um, but I have found with her, and I should have known this way before she's about to be 10. I should have known this a long time ago with her personality and how not bossy, but in charge. <laughs> she mm-hmm, is. Mm-hmm. Um, I have one of those too. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. saying, tell me, I want to know what you think. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, tell me what you think. And last week we had um, butternut squash ravioli. And um, I mean, I thought there's no way she's going to eat this. And I said, hey, you know, I picked this up at the store today and I really want, I can't wait to hear what you think about yeah. it. Yeah. And so when yeah. I said that, she instantly was like, yes, you want to know how I feel. Like you want my review of this. And she <laughs> took a bite and I, and I also thought she'll take, she'll take a bite, but I don't know if she'll buy into it. But then she said, oh, I like this. Wow. I think I could eat this next week. And I thought, oh, how did I not recognize that she just needed to be empowered to be the one saying what she thought? Exactly. I mean, I think if you think about it, You know, there's so much stuff that's out of kids' control that they have to do, and particularly now. I mean, there's so much stuff they can't do. So if they can weigh in on, you know, butternut squash ravioli or whatever, and again, if it's a choice between two good things, oh, you like this good thing better than that good thing, I think it's very important. And I think kids really need that sense of control. I agree. And getting yourself, like you said, getting yourself set up at the beginning of the week, whether, you know, and I think sometimes people think, oh my gosh, you want me to meal prep? That sounds like such a task. But I mean, cutting vegetables just to shave off or, you know, cutting fruit just to shave off those couple minutes that it takes, um, you know, when you're you're in a time crunch and that the kids can just grab and create something, um, I think makes a huge difference. It makes a huge difference. And also... I think it works for anybody. I mean, I had a pineapple the other day. My daughter is uh, 26, but she was over and I said, how about if I cut this up and give you half of it? She doesn't live with me. And I cut it up, gave her half, had the other half for me. And if the pineapple had been sitting in my refrigerator, you know, uncut, you know, my laziness would have overtaken me just like everybody else's. And Mm -hmm. I probably wouldn't have eaten it. And so I think also if you can sort of get in the groove of, well, I'm going to prep the carrots and I'm going to prep the pineapple and I'm, you know, whatever those things are, I think that is really great. And also it's kids love that sort of thing, being a participant in it. So, you know, teaching your child to cut stuff up, or if they're not old enough to use a knife to have them peel the carrot or any of those things. Well, and 
just something else as we're talking that I thought about my older daughter. Um, she has got gotten into this flatbread kind of craze. And so what I do is I just buy, they're like a two pack at the grocery store, two flatbreads, or like you can buy like a, I guess like a non bread mm, if you want yep. to do that. <laughs> but she loves, she will rummage through the fridge and see what she can find and see what she can put on it. And like I said, she's 14, so she can easily preheat the oven, put the flatbread in. It takes, you know, just a few minutes, depending what you put on on top of it. And then she has her lunch. So she's been doing since the pandemic and her being at home. I just I buy those two flatbread at the beginning of the week and she makes those. I think yesterday I was so impressed. And then she often brings them to me at my desk. So I'm not not mad. But um, she made. She did, I had prosciutto, but she, which is, I don't always have prosciutto, but I had prosciutto and she had, there was some goat cheese and spinach. And I want to say she put apple slices wow. on there too. And I thought, oh, this is amazing. This is so good. And then I have, you know, praised her on the combination too. So I think she enjoys seeing what kind of combinations she can throw together on a flatbread. So, so- that's been fun. I love that. I mean, it's funny because I'm actually working on our fall 2021 issue of Chop Chop. And one of the things that I just wrote out was sandwich architecture, which is just what you're talking about with her. I actually love to talk to her because I think this idea of, you know, not just me look in the refrigerator and see what else you know, what she's doing is she's sort of getting the salty, the sweet, the, you know, all those different things, which makes it a much more interesting sandwich. And she has so much ownership. And when she gives it to you, it's sort of that, like the artwork on the refrigerator, which Mm -hmm. is what we really want to encourage with kids. We find that when they're making it themselves, they're so much more invested and you can get a kid to eat things, eat combinations that they wouldn't normally eat. And also with your daughter, she's also getting all so many colors in there. Right. Which, you know, we talk about rainbow sandwiches, you know, put as many colors as you can into the sandwich. So I think what she's doing, she's just sort of doing naturally that's what we really want to encourage. Yeah, I love it. I, I'm I'm glad that she's. Of course, I'm glad because I get to reap the benefits because I get <laughs> I get lunch and um, you can tell that she's excited. You know, when she's just like waiting to see what you think. Yeah. Uh, think about it. So, okay. Well, here here's a question for you. Okay. So, what if you're a parent that has been uh, creating all the snacks and creating all the you know ha- so you haven't really gone down the path of having kids in the kitchen often. How do you get off that train? You know, how do you get the kids to take charge and not just say, all right, you're not going to make me something. I'm going to go find a marsh and find the marshmallows. Cause this is what my kids do. Cause we make s'mores every now and then. So they'll find the marshmallows. <laughs> oh, oh, I see. Um, I mean, at first I was going to say don't have marshmallows in the house, but I guess, I mean, I think you should have marshmallows in the house and that's a thing you like to make together. Yeah. Um, 
I think you, it's just really saying, help me, you know, whether yeah. it, you're making a salad and it's like, Hey, can you just shake up the dressing for me? Right. Hey, can you just add 10 cherry tomatoes into the salad? And I think that, you know, like you look at your daughter, how she's embraced it and maybe she was oriented that way. But I think it's like, really, it's sort of like when there's a snowstorm and you say to the kids, help me shovel. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is your house too. You know, all the ways in which you can get your kids to participate. I think it's the same thing. And and I think that actually now the adults in the house really do need the kids to chip in. They yes. really do. And, yes. <laughs> you know, so it's like, I'm on a call right now. You want a snack? Can you just whip something up? And uh, this actually sort of goes against a little bit what I was saying, but I might not be too crazed about, is it the perfect healthy thing to start? Just get them to think that this is a fun thing to do, mm-hmm. that feeding themselves is, is powerful and it's fun to make creations. And then make, like you said, your daughter put prosciutto in her sandwich. Well, you don't want her eating prosciutto every day, right. but <laughs> it's totally fine to do that sometimes. So I think I would really focus on getting them to think this is fun and you know, what can you make that's really colorful? A little bit of a challenge in there. So the combination of let's have fun together. I need you to take some responsibility and make it, I'm not big on contests. I know that people really are. And so I'm not going to say don't, but even like to say to your two daughters, like not uh, like, cause I don't like, pitting them against each other, but sort of like, let's try to get as many colors into this sandwich. Let's try to get, and then they open up the refrigerator and sort of add things on. So it's not always about you telling them what to do. I know I'm giving like a million different messages here. No, no, it's great. I mean, I guess I think there are many doors to get into this if that makes sense. Yeah. I, yeah, I think so too. And I think you're right. Starting out with not saying you need to go make your own snack today and make sure it's healthy. You know, it's okay. You need go into the kitchen. You know what to do. I have faith. I have full confidence in that you can make a snack for yourself. Exactly. And kind of go into it, go into, to it that way. You know, something else that I've done, um, with both of my girls is I will um, go onto Pinterest and I'll either pull it up on their computer or their iPad and say um, like note or pin, you know, cause they know how to pin. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, look at what you think you'd like and I'll search like healthy snacks, you know, so say that's what she we're doing there. And so then they can kind of go through it. And then when it comes and I'll say, write down, you know, write down your ingredients. What do you need? And then when we go to the grocery store yeah. on the weekend, we'll get what we need to make those snacks. And so I do that with Pinterest or like on our Healthy Family Project website, we have different categories for recipes. And so I'll say, go through there. And because um, then I can also take pictures, you know, so that's, <laughs> no, that's-, that's always a good thing too. Um, but yeah, so I think that allowing them to kind of pick out 
and plan. And then that, you know, is a double win because then you're also building your grocery list. Exactly. And I also think sort of, I love that, but also the opposite of that, which is in the grocery store, if they're with you is say, okay, you pick something out that you don't, you're not super familiar with or pick something out that you are familiar with. So like, okay, you, one daughter picks out cauliflower, the other one picks out oranges, and then you go home with those and say, now let's figure out what we can make with this. Or, you know, so to get more experimental about something new. Yeah, I like that. It's, it's all, I feel like it all just goes back to empowering them to be able to feel confident, right? That's so many things in life. It's like, once you, once you achieve a confidence level, in anything, it's just a whole new world um, True for you. So even if you're not great at it, you know, right. I, I'm not a chef by any stretch of the imagination, but my confidence level, I didn't grow up, um, you know, in, in the spending all my time in the kitchen or things like that. But as these past nine years have that I've been in the food world have gone on, you know, now I just say, all right, I'm not going to the store. What do we have in the pantry? Right. What can we pull together today for dinner? Cause I'm not going out. And, you know, now with, you know, not wanting to spend a ton of time, of course, it, heading to the grocery store seven times a week, right? Um, you know, you kind of have to think and be creative in that way. Um, yeah. So what do you think about, and, and maybe, maybe this, there aren't snacks for different ages, but do you think that there, do you recommend different ideas for different ages? I mean, we have some on our website that say like different ages and stages for, you know, what kids can do in the kitchen to help out. But do you have any ideas on like what snacks might be suitable for each age? Well, I don't. I I think that there's no reason that a four-year-old can't eat what a 14-year-old eats. I mean, my son was eating spicy food at a very young age. And I think that he actually sort of felt like, oh, grownups don't think children like spicy food. So I'm going to prove that like I'm super cool (laughs) and adult. And I, I think that it is important to expose children to as many foods as possible. And I think as adults, we think, oh, kids don't like this and kids don't like that. But there's not a particular reason that a young kid wouldn't like blue cheese or, you know, we just did this. um, This was incredible. We have a new product coming out. It's called the Eatable Alphabet. It's a learning deck for two plus and each card is it's A to Z. And the F card is, it's F is for fish. And we did, we so the card is really tuna, but we did classes to find out like if our ideas were good. So we did a whole bunch of classes with sort of two to six year olds. And when we did F is for fish, we did this in collaboration with the American Academy of Pediatrics. And they said, oh, fish, like, oh no, kids are not going to like that. And In the class, we had kids eating anchovies, sardines, tuna, like no attitude. And the parents were like, oh, anchovies, (laughs) yuck. 
And literally the parents were like holding their noses and the kids had no idea of like, oh, fish is stinky or, or that's weird to eat a sardine, nothing. So all those things really come from parents saying, you think about how many times parents are saying to their kids, I don't think you'll like this, or you won't like this, or kids don't like this. I would forget all that and just feed your kids what you eat. Yes. And that's, I've kind of always, that's been my, my path. You know, of course you get tripped up sometimes when you're out and about and you're going to fall into these ruts of chicken nuggets or whatever it might be. But um, I'm with you. I think that we don't give our kids enough. I don't know if enough credit is the right Mm -hmm, way to phrase mm -hmm. that, but to let them taste some of these things. And, and, and sometimes, you know, a parent might be the, um, kind of roadblock if you're exactly. a picky eater or you haven't explored many foods yourself, then right. you kind of just cycle that down um, to your kids. So maybe maybe it's time for parents also to get out there and say, hey, let's try this new thing together. I think that's great. I mean, and and it, you're right. You know, you have a parent sitting at the table saying, I'm not going to eat this. Yeah. <laughs> and then the kid is, you're just modeling that. And yeah. I think that it's really important. And, you know, the other thing, I mean, this gets to picky eating, but I also think everybody should be allowed not to like certain foods. It's not necessarily picky eating. I mean, I don't like peanut butter. You can't get me to eat peanut butter. And I feel like if I were a child, I should be entitled not to like it. Right. And I also, this is again, back to picky eating for a minute. I personally don't believe that you should make children taste things. I think you, your job as a parent is to offer the food and the child's job is to decide if they want to eat it or not. And if they don't want to eat it, let it go. I know that's a hard, that's a tough one. It is I, tough. Yes. It's tough. <laughs> I, it's tough, but that is what I believe. I really yeah. do. No. And I, I feel like in the long run that it, you know, it, it'll all come around. Cause I have one, my older, and listeners on the podcast know my my older daughter eats and really anything you put in front of her. She also has a major sweet tooth. And then my younger daughter is um, more selective and doesn't have a sweet tooth. So she's mm. not looking like she doesn't eat bad things. She just her range is smaller. You know, right. she she wants, uh, you know, on the every week she says i want to have salmon at least once a week she loves ah, salmon salmon oh, is like great. salmon is her thing wow. you know and she loves raw like raw carrots uh celery things like that of course um she she's a carb person too so she is loves, she 6 did you say she oh she's 10 no yeah she, she'll be 10 next week so uh-huh. um yeah so she it's interesting it's very people are very amazed by if I say like, oh yeah, she's a picky eater or I don't like to say it too much, especially around her. Cause she tends yeah. to, you know, they tend to own those, um, yep. those, uh, titles when you give it to them. They're like, no, I can't do that. I'm picky. So, right. Um, right. Yeah. Right, so wow. I tried, I tried to say, not say that too much around her, but people are always amazed at the things she does eat. But like I said, it's a very, it's kind of the list, the list is smaller, but I think it's growing. And I think that she's involved in a lot of, uh, you know, my kids have always been involved in what I do at work and doing videos and, you know, with different recipes. But I think now she's to the point where 
she wants to show that she's eating these things, you know? Yes. In the yeah. videos, in the videos, I always used to say, please just take one bite and, you know, <laughs> we'll figure it out. And so now right. though, she um, is like, I really like that quesadilla. You know, I want to have a quesadilla for lunch tomorrow. So I think we're making progress and it's, it's been a long road, but I definitely think yeah. that, you know, in the long run, I, I, I say, you know, she might not eat everything, every fruit and vegetable, but I can guarantee you take her to the produce department and she can name all of them. Wow. And she I can think that's probably, great. yeah. Yeah. So I felt like, you know what? She might not eat it all, but she, it's up there in her brain. So when she's out on her own someday, I'm hopeful that she'll, you know, embrace it. Maybe <laughs> who knows? I think that's great. I think it's great. Yeah. Just introducing Yep. You know, we hear that a lot. <laughs> Just putting something in front of your child and them knowing what it is and recognizing it is the first step in just being comfortable and confident. Like I right. said, going back to being confident, like, oh, I know what that is. You know, right. that's, that's a dragon fruit. It's funny. My older daughter hates mushrooms. And I, and it's so weird to me because I love mushrooms. I mean, I love mushrooms so very much. And, um, I don't I like hide a lot of uh, veggies. Not that there's anything wrong with it. I think blending gives a lot of flavor sometimes. But um, she, the girl, will find a mushroom. Wow. <laughs> she I, will seek out a mushroom. <laughs> have you ever roasted mushrooms for her? I have. I've, I mean, um, I, I've done it all. I think she just said, I just do not like mushrooms. I'm not so. a giant fan of mushrooms either. <laughs> I mean, I eat them, but like I never buy them. Right. There's, yeah, that's funny. Yes. I like your daughter. I yes, like she, you, yes. Oh, you'll love her. We've actually been talking about getting her on the podcast because she, um, she is great. She's great to have a conversation with, and she um, has a lot of ideas about things. Although she is fourteen, so sometimes I have to, dial, <laughs> I have to dial her back. She gets a little passionate um, about some <laughs> some topics, but I'm like, all right, let's get back on track. Um, so, okay, so this has been great, but before we wrap up today. I have a personal problem in our yeah. house that I have to cover off on with you. So when it comes to snacking, especially because we're home all day, I am like kind of, you know, by the end of the day, I, I told my family, I kind of get dramatic about it. I actually said, you know, when I'm on my deathbed and they add up how much time I spent on on each thing in my life, standing in front of this sink is going to be, you know, picking up this, these plates. And they're like, oh, mom, you're so dramatic. You know, that's not what's going to happen. And so um, I have just been trying to tell them, you know, great, be creative, do what you want to do, you know, but you have to clean up after yourself. And I think, especially for my older daughter, I can see maybe sometimes that deters her where she's like, well, I don't want to clean up. So I'm just going to do like, go grab something easy. So how do I get my kids to clean up their mess? <laughs> Ooh. Um, I mean, I think that they do have to understand that it is part of it. Right. And I, I think that's hard. Um, take away, <sighs> take away, I take away their phone. <laughs> You know, I mean, I remember when my son is like, honestly, the easiest human. He's so mellow. And I remember 
feeling so, I mean, when he was a teenager and he would leave dishes in the sink and I just thought, I'm not your maid. And I I remember feeling like I'm just going to take the dishes and I'm going to stick them in his bed. Obviously I never did that, Yeah, (laughs) but it is so frustrating. And I don't, I mean, because it's, it's not like you can say, I'm going to take the keys away to the car. Like if you don't want them to drive, you take the keys away, you know, with the dishes, it's like, well, you can say, well, then you can't make your own food, but you want them to. Right. I know. I don't have a really good answer. (laughs) I know. And this has been a tough one for me, especially, like I said, with the older one really being so wonderful in the kitchen. Yeah. Um, And I mean, she does. It just ebbs and flows. Like she may clean up. She may not. And um, to her, she says, well, I did clean up, but there's still like the olive oils there and there's cheese sprinkled. And I'm like, did you really? Because on (laughs) whose standards of cleanup is this? Because there's uh, shredded cheese all over the counter. Yeah. Um, But, you know. I have to think about that one. I mean, I, I think it's, I think it's a big issue. And I mean, I used to not clean my children's rooms. Like I didn't make their beds. If their room was disgusting, I left it. My feeling was it's their room. I mean, I'm a pretty strict parent, but I was like, it's their room. I, I don't have to go into it. And I would leave it. And I would, I also didn't do my kids laundry starting at like 10 and they, didn't like living in a disgusting room and they didn't like having dirty clothes. So they were motivated to change that. And they're both adults and they're both like really clean and neat, but it's different. You have a shared kitchen and you want them to be doing it. So it's different. It (laughs) is. You know, and I implemented, which worked for a little while and I think I'm going to bring it back with everyone in the family including myself, if you use a dish or silver, if you use a dish, you do a dish. That's right. That's what I, and our sink, Mm. it became a thing where if there was a dish in the sink, people were like, whose dish is that? Because there's only one dish in there because everybody's doing their dishes. So it worked for a while, um, but we kind of fell off, but I I might bring it back. Um, But I think just with now, with everyone being at home so much, I've I've never had this many dishes in my house because we're usually all gone during the day, right. and we're I don't I don't see that kind of um, you know build up I guess in the sink. So if anyone out there listening, yeah, really <laughs> has some good ideas um, on how to get them to clean up but not discourage them from getting in the kitchen, um, please please uh, comment or or shoot oh, us I a note. You. So I don't know. Can you- oh, oh, are you back? Oh, it's cutting out a little bit. Let's give it a second. I mean, I think that's a really... And um, and they're not at an age where they're necessarily going to be like, oh, yeah, sure, mom, that makes sense. Right, exactly. So we'll get it figured well, out. Good luck. <laughs> Thanks. Um, just one of those other things I'm trying to tackle here in this pandemic life. Um, all right, so... Let's, before we go, um, I just have a question for you. I ask all of our first time guests on the podcast and there's really no right or wrong answer, but 
What do you think being a healthy family means? I'm assuming you mean just around eating. (laughs) I mean, it doesn't have to be. Well, I think that um, since my arena is cooking and eating, etc., I'll address that. I think it's balancing out, you know, not being crazed about everything has to be healthy. Um, I think being really relaxed about it is best, not being rigid. I think, I think that's what healthy is and probably healthy. That's healthy in every area is trying to be relaxed about things and not, you have to this, you have to that, you can't. I think, you want to be as positive as you can. Like this is delicious, not, and this other thing is bad. Right. Focus on the positivity and make it fun and make it about being together and make it about sort of really learning life skills. You know, I think about like your daughter's, Um, if one of them is struggling with math, for instance, get in the kitchen and use cooking as an example or that kind of thing. Or if they're learning about money, talk about a recipe. So I think it's, I think it's positivity. I love it. I think we could all use some extra positivity right now. So we're going to go with it. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And, you know, we've talked uh, about a lot of things. We'll definitely share some links in the show notes. So you can link, we'll link up to some relevant articles from Chop Chop and from our website as well. um, And anything else we've talked about here. So before closing out, can you tell listeners where they can find and connect with you or Chop Chop? Sure. Um, well, our website is chopchopfamily.org. We actually just relaunched our website. So it's really beautiful and fun. And you can find out uh, all our recipes are available. Um, you can subscribe there. We do have this new product or it's really, you know, we have magazines, but it's the first time that we've had a product, which is the Eatable Alphabet, this really fun kitchen activity deck. So all of that you can find on chopchopfamily.org. And you can reach me if you want at sally at chopchopfamily.org. And I will write back. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. As I mentioned a couple of times, we truly admire all that you do um, to get families in the kitchen and 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 provide resources to them. So thanks for making the time to talk today. Oh, thank you. This was really fun. What a great conversation today. I hope all of you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. If you're listening to this after Thanksgiving, I hope you have a great holiday season. If you're listening to it at some other time, I just hope you have a great day. So if you like the Healthy Family Project, please tell a friend and leave us a rating. It will only help our visibility so we can continue to create a healthier generation. If you want to tweet direct with me, I'm at Amanda M. Kiefer on Twitter and Instagram, and you can find Healthy Family Project on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube. Be sure to subscribe. Talk soon. Bye.